0: Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I hate
1: to have to do this to Mel Kuyper Jr. because he's provided great content for all of us football draft enthusiasts for well over four decades now. He's been doing this since the early 80s. Um, But he put out his second mock draft yesterday. The mocks are rolling in right now. The combine is always a big trigger mechanism for the, uh, the draft experts to be putting out their projections here. Um, but, Seth, I, I, I was very excited to see Kuiper drop his second mock draft. His is one that I'm always looking forward to because he is the godfather of the genre. Yeah. Um, and I'm paging down, I'm paging down. I, I'm looking for two things. Where is Brock Bowers going? Is he going close enough to the Texans in a mock draft to where I go, Hey, Nick, you should pick up the phone and maybe make a phone call to the, the Bengals or the, uh, you know, the, 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 the Bengals or the Jags or somebody, pay, the Rams, somebody picking in the high teens. Um, Mel had Brock Bowers going 10th. I think that's a little, that's a little rich to move up. And so then once I'm done doing that, I page down to 23 to where the Texans are picking. And Ben, do we have a sounder here that you can, thank you. With the 23rd pick in the Mel Kuyper 2.0 mock draft, the Texans take Tyler Guyton, six foot seven offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. The Texans and, and, and Mel Kuyper in his write up. Two paragraphs worth on Tyler Guyton to the Texans says that um, talks about how um, that uh, this is Cleveland's pick from the Deshaun Watson trade Um, could see needs in the front seven and along the offensive line. So with Laramie Tunsil holding down the left tackle position, Guyton could step in at right tackle where he started 14 games for the Sooners. The Texans are pot committed on the offensive line. Like, they, they, they have paid Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil.
2: This is what's driving me crazy because I've seen this a couple times from various people with talking about team needs or things like that. People from outside of Houston. It, look, if he had said, if Mel Kuyper had said they take Tyler Guyton and then anywhere in that write up, which is a pretty sizable write up by mock draft standards, yes. if he had mentioned that the Texans do currently have a well paid right tackle. I would believe then. Okay, then Mel Kuyper had done something more than just looked at depth charts and 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 based his team needs off of that. But I have no choice now but to believe that Mel Kuyper has simply just like looked at a depth chart, uh, like an old one at that, that showed Titus Howard at left guard and figured, oh, yep, they need a right tackle. Yeah. If he had, if he had said, hey, you know. Titus Howard has played left guard. It's a work in progress, whatever. But if they they can't pass out in this chance to get Tyler Guyton, I would disagree. And yet, I would still at least feel like Mel Kuyper puts some thought into it. But this is just ridiculous. This is like this is like not even recognizing that they already have a well-paid right tackle on the roster is absurd. He doesn't. Uh, that that's what I was. Hoping. When I
1: saw the pick initially, I'm like, all right, yeah. This is Mel Kuyper. He's at least going to mention Titus Howard in the. He doesn't mention Titus Howard by name in the write up at all.
2: I mean, like the team that always drafts best player available and in, in means it. It's not just a soundbite. Is the Baltimore Ravens, and when they when they drafted Jonathan Ogden, the Ravens had two starting tackles, yeah. but they just thought, you know, now Ogden's obviously a different different type of offensive tackle. Yeah, and it was very high in the draft. But that, like, that's that's about at least you would acknowledge that they've got a, a starting right tackle. Yeah, I don't. I'll be really really surprised if they take an offensive lineman in the first round, including left guard because a couple reasons. One, there really aren't great guards in this draft, not first-round type of guys where you say, oh, yeah, i got to get him here because I can't get a guy like this anywhere else. And then, two, they have at least, A, uh, the Texans have a a first-rounder that they still probably want to give him at least one more year to see what Kenyon Green can do, hopefully healthy. Patterson uh, showed some promise when he was there. And And they already have four other guys with Juice Scruggs at center that are pretty much slotted in. You don't have to go spending a first rounder on a left guard when you've already got your other slots yeah. slotted out.
1: I'm with you. Any of these mock drafts that they're dropping O-linemen in for the Texans, I just I, at this point I can't take them seriously. So sorry, Mel Kuyper. Uh, You're canceled. Your mock draft is canceled. Canceled. For, canceled for the rest of this mock draft season. Ooh. Get out! <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> so um, how – I guess – and I look at this twenty third pick. I mean, part of the reason I'm feeling it, like I see an offensive lineman. I'm like, all right, well, there's a good chance if they draft one, he's not starting. I guess yeah. I'll wait till after free agency to to really dig in on whether or not the twenty third overall pick needs to be a starter for this team, right? I mean, you pointed out many times during when we talk about free agency, just how many holes there still really are to fill on a, on what is a good football team.
2: Right, they got a right. lot of
1: holes to fill. Um, I guess I'll wait till after free agency to see how I feel about. Okay, boy, what, they better what get somebody. What do you
2: somebody. mean? Like, what, what do you mean needs to be a starter?
1: that's somebody that can step in and and be a be a starter for you day one uh, yeah. at, a, at certain position. You know, you draft a corner. I, is this a kid who's going to be behind a couple veterans or I, right, I, I don't know. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I, some of that just comes down to what what they are when they show up. I think you always draft the guy in the first round that you expect to be capable of starting or you hope that he's going to be capable of starting. And it doesn't, you know, 50% of the time it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. But yeah, I I guess then that would be, all right, are you taking guys that have high floors? Like, okay. Yeah. Like I trust that this guy, this guy's got a really good chance of starting the nice, the luxury you have on the defensive line is that you're going to rotate guys regardless. Yeah. So like if they text, if they took Byron Murphy, And, like, if Byron Murphy was a little bit... Slow to really acclimate to the NFL or something. The defensive tackle out of Texas, he's still going to get his snaps. Sure, he's still going to get his playing time. And then it's that's that's what's a really nice thing about defensive line. These yeah. guys can start off getting 10, 20 snaps, and then as they start to get a feel for it, hopefully, then you, you work them into that starting. No, ball. that's a great I, think, point. I, mean, Byron Mur- By- I think Byron Murphy would start pretty damn quickly. Yeah, that's yeah, my, my gut on it. No,
1: you're right. When there's positions where the snaps are divvied up, it's different. The, like corner yeah. is one though. Like if you like a good corner should be playing nine. To 100% of the snaps. You know, like there's certain positions if they draft a guy and they're a backup day one with the 23rd pick, I'm saying, and they, and they, or if they move up to go get a guy, like if you're moving up to go get a guy, that dude better be a starter for you day one in the uh, first round.
2: The the reason I bring up with Byron Murphy, like him potentially not starting right away, is is one of the comps I've seen for him is Ed Oliver. And Ed Oliver was a guy that, you know, just from watching him at Houston, I, I felt like, all right, this is a kid that, it's awesome what he does on this level. He's got all the tools and everything, but he's going to have to learn to use his hands a lot better because he, he is so good that he could kind of just bounce off of guys and it was no big deal in, in college. He got to the NFL, and it took him a few years to really figure it out. Byron Murphy is a little bit short, um, super athletic, but needs to learn how to use his hands better. Yeah, and uh, like that's a guy that that's where your defensive line coach really, really comes in. And can you can you get the can you get him mentally on board with how important it is that he uses his hands more than he, did, than he did in college? Now,
1: Bucky Brooks, NFL Network, not mock draft canceled. He has actually give me the sounder it's the twenty third pick. Bucky Brooks does have Byron Murphy going to the Houston Texans. Here was Byron Murphy. Ut defensive tackle. Yesterday, he met with the media on the possibility. I think this was Sarge who asked this question uh, on being a Houston Texan next year.
3: It'll mean a lot, uh, you know, getting drafted by Houston. uh, You know, also just staying in Texas. You know, uh, you know, I'm familiar with that because I'm from Texas. You know, but uh, it'll mean a lot playing for Domenico Ryan. You know, a a young, a a young
0: African American coach. So uh, it'll mean a lot to me.
1: Okay, Byron Murphy wants to be a Houston Texan. I would like that pick. That would be uh, I would I would get excited about. No, that I'd at like 23. it a lot. Yeah.
2: And when I say he doesn't use his hands, like I don't mean to say he doesn't use them at all, but like as far as a shorter guy, like when it comes to the power side of the game and taking on double teams and everything, you gotta you gotta bring it with power. And um, I like I I feel actually more optimistic about him than I did out at Oliver. He's he's more polished oh, yeah? in some respects. Yeah, yeah. I'd be, no, I'd be super psyched if they got Byron Murphy. Yeah, and it's I don't think he's gonna fall to the Texans. Yeah. If he does, uh, if he does, and the Texans don't take him, I'd be surprised.
1: Uh, Tavondre Sweat met with the media yesterday too. How I big is he? What I, did he, he say? He didn't say. Uh, he knows that the media is waiting to see how big he
2: is. He <laughs> um, has to weigh in. You can't run away from the scale at the combine. Speaking
1: of run, he was asked like what his forty time would be. He goes, eh, probably four 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 five.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Was> <laughs> he acknowledges
1: he's a biggins. He acknowledges yeah, yeah. it. Um,
2: you can't do a three-cone around the scale, Sean. you no, got to hop right on you it. Gotta you got to jump on it. you got to get on it. That's
1: it. Um, here was D'Amico Ryans earlier this week on the defensive line draft class. I feel like you have some really good guys at the end position, as always. Guys who you have those tweener guys, guys who can rush the passer, lighter guys who have the speed off of the edge and. We also see there are lighter D tackles in this draft that show some explosiveness and twitch on the inside. But it's that D line is a lot of varying degrees of right capability amongst the players that we have. You have big physical guys that can get after. So it's about us just mixing the right guys together. Right? What formula works for us? Right? How can we get the right guys who complement each other, play well off of each other, because that's how I see B line play. It's not about just one guy. Right. It's a it's a compliment to me of eight different guys who can come in and continue to put pressure on their opposing team. There you go. I mean, that was him acknowledging your rotation right there. You know, yeah. eight different guys.
2: Well, and the thing that's tough for this system compared to maybe some other systems where they have aggressive defensive lines that get upfield real quickly and everything. Some defenses, and Lovey Smith's defense was like this a little bit. They're just like, hey. Uh, they're almost like, hey, play the run on the way to the quarterback. D'Amico's not like that. D'Amico wants his guys to, to, to rush and get upfield really quickly, but to also recognize run and sink versus double teams and play their gaps more so than a lot of other schemes like this. They still get, they, they've got a lot of freedom and everything, um, but that's a little bit harder for some college guys to adapt to, and that, that's where the rotation really comes in and helps mm-hmm. because you can you can get your feet wet without having to be the guy that everybody relies on.
1: Pain Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Thursday. Um, I don't know if uh, people watched Survivor last night. When we mentioned it on the show yesterday, there were several people that said, "Oh, I think I'll watch it tonight because my my daughter's boyfriend is one of the contestants on there. He's part of Team SEGA, the Green yeah.
2: Team." Um, I saw the first. I saw the first hour and twenty minutes. I didn't realize it was going to be two hours long. Yeah, it's a long one. Um, yeah, but he's yeah. I can I, I can see that he knows what he's doing. He's a, he's a yeah. Survivor
1: junkie. So he's been looking forward to this. He's he's like Rudy. I've been training for this my whole life, Coach. You know. Yeah,
2: he's uh, like he. I I can see that he's very comfortable. I was worried at first because he's such a nice kid. Yeah. I was worried he was going to get eaten alive by the people that are all about forming alliances, uh, then backstabbing people, and just into the the whole Machiavellian and treacherous side of it. But I can see that he's. He's gonna. He's not like that is at his core being, but he's playing a game where those are the rules. Yeah. And oh, okay. Unlike that schmuck. Oh my gosh. There's Jowinski. one kid that comes in, screwed over his own tribe because he didn't want to lie to somebody from an opposing tribe because the woman. Everybody, listen. If you know nothing about this game at all, just know that like there's tribes that compete against each other, yeah. and lying in gamesmanship is part of it. Huge. This woman from another tribe was playing this game against this kid. And basically said, if you and she she told this kid, if you lie to me, I'm gonna go back to my tribe and tell everybody that you lied. And the kid buckled. He folded. And screwed his own team over. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand how that kid got on the show. I guess because of that they wanted to be like they need to have a few passes. Yeah, you do you need yeah, early. yeah, you need okay. a, you need
1: a few jabronis on there. They call that in wrestling, they call that enhancement talent. You're making the other seventeen people look really smart and good.
2: You texted me during the show and said, how have I not been watching this? The yeah, last I've never years? watched and I, it before. I felt the same thing. Yeah. I had been, I used to watch it and then I stopped and now I'm like, oh, this is better than it ever was. Yeah. I got 20 different plot lines in my brain right now, just, just weird, uh, wheeling away, trying yeah. to figure out how it's going to all play out.
1: Alright, so um so on the group text last night with my kids, yeah. uh my daughter my daughter flew up to the watch party in Boston to watch it. They had like a big Oh really? Yeah, wow. they had a big two hundred like two hundred people at a bar in Boston all watching it and the <laughs> T V stations are there and everything. Like it was it was pretty cool.
2: I feel like that's a good sign that her boyfriend like wasn't like he didn't get rolled out on the first episode. Yeah. I would uh, if if it were me on the show and you know you can't disclose whether you made it or not, but people were like, let's have a 200 person watch party. <laughs> for, if I were the one the, that had gotten voted premiere. off the first yeah. one, I'd be like that's be uh, like, Hey, let's wait until next week, maybe survive
1: yeah. in advance. Yeah, so he he made it. So we were kind of we were kind of handicapped. There's 18 contestants, which I guess means. Theoretically, there's 18 weeks of the show, I guess, right? One goes off each week. Yeah. Um, we were handicapping on the group text last night how far we think Charlie will go. You, you've you watched it. You've had a chance. You've had an episode to kind of watch yeah. him operate. Smart kid. Going to be a lawyer. Harvard I'll, grad. I'll put this in
2: sports nerd yeah. strategy. I, I respected that he immediately leapt into a high variance strategy. Yes. That the sports nerds would say, look... You're one of 18. Mm -hmm. Your chances of winning this thing are slim to remote, and a lot of it just relies on luck. You know, it's a game. It's like war. It's like, yeah, you can do things the right way, but some of it's just dumb luck. Mm -hmm. So just go ahead and do high variance boomer bust. And he he immediately leapt into uh, playing both sides he's he he aligned he he aligned with two separate factions with his own tribe. Good job, Charlie. And he's going to see how it all plays out. I can tell where it's going to go though. He's going to side with the women. That's a smart thing to do. Yeah. Because yeah. that one woman on his that one woman is a freaking assassin on um, his side. She's the the mom, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. But um, she's uh she is taking no prisoners. Right. At some point, he's going to be up against her, right? And he's going to have to figure out how to do it. Yeah, I I
1: guess. I mean, like I said, I've never watched it. I can't wait to see where it goes. Like, that's what happens. Like, it it plays. I
2: liked him where he's like, hey, I'm playing uh, both sides of the coin. Risky strategy. He kind of just shrugged and smiled. Like, eh, what are you going to do? He goes, oh boy, oh boy, oh girl. (laughs) Yeah, he was good. He was good.
1: I put the over under at 10 and a half weeks for him.
2: Oh, Wow, how many weeks does it go?
1: It's well, there's 18 contestants, so I'm assuming 18 yeah. weeks. You know, so I okay. think he makes it. I think he. I, I do think he gets past the halfway point. I think he's got that because yeah, so, he was too. pretty good with the physical challenges too. He's yeah. he's in good shape. You know,
2: I'll tell you what. The first week, it seems like it's all about not pissing people off. If you can at least do that, and you got to show, you got to show some craftiness to where. Okay, yeah, be useful on these t- these tasks and everything, but are you going to be useful to me later on? Right. Are you a person that can play the game? It, 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 and yet that one day I might have to uh, topple you yourself. Yes. Very intriguing. Very intriguing. Uh, I think this show's going to make it, Sean. I think this, I I think this primers, show's going to make it. I think it's it. going it. <laughs> <laughs> to
1: make it to season 47 even. Yes, you know? yes. Uh, someone says he's a jobber. Okay, come on now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I think there is... There's a part of him you can tell he's kind of being intentionally bland. Yeah, he's just kind of going along. Back. A, that's another key thing. Yeah, run with the pack. Yep. They remember, kids, this is a, one of the biggest myths they'll tell you. Based on that, damn, all, your coach is going to show you this Rudyard Kipling, uh, this Rudyard Kipling poem about how every morning you know you have to outrun the fastest lion or you'll be food. It's not true. You just have to outrun the slowest gazelle. You don't. <laughs> If you're a gazelle and you wake up in the morning on the Savannah, you do not have to outrun the fastest line. You, don't. you have to outrun the slowest gazelle. That's great a, You stay in the pack until it's the time to to make your push.
1: There you go. I, I love that. <laughs> I love that. All right. Um. Hey, Uh. the quarterbacks are going to be meeting with the media at the Combine. I believe today, tomorrow, we're going to hear from Caleb Williams. C.J. Stroud, a year ago, a year ago, C.J. Stroud met with the media at the Combine. Let's relive the magic. Let's do a little rewind. The, the cuts from C.J. Stroud, how did we feel about these at the time when we didn't know if he was going to be the Houston Texans quarterback? That is next. Next.
0: Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast.
1: Hi, Payne and Pendergast with you. Good to be with you. Seth and I are still breaking down Survivor during the
2: break here. Ben, do you uh, do you watch Survivor, Ben?
1: Uh, no, I don't. Uh, You're you gotta missing get, out, buddy. you got to get on the bandwagon, Ben.
2: It's a, it's a, it's a hot new thing that Sean and I just discovered. <laughs>
1: it's a, it is this new show. It's in season
2: 46.
1: <laughs> that is incredible.
2: Yeah. Sean and I are going to start asking everybody, right. have you heard about Survivor? <laughs> right. Daily breakdowns. That's crazy. Daily breakdowns <laughs> for a
1: weekly show. That's what we're going to hey,
2: do. You know, there's sometimes where you just hold off, hold off, hold off on something that's extremely popular, and it gets to the point where you're just stubbornly grumpy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't need that crap. And then you finally try it, and you're like, oh... This is what all the hubbub about ice cream is. Oh, okay. This is. The, I will say this. This is the
1: longest of any of those. That yes, I'm like that. There, Rare is the show that I love that I didn't get in on like three seasons in. I'm not somebody who's like, oh, this new show's starting. I'm gonna watch. Like even the Sopranos, I didn't start. It's my favorite show ever. I didn't yeah. start watching it like on a weekly basis till like season four.
2: You know, I got it's hazardous um, these days because there's so many spoilers out there. Yes, yeah, yeah the, I'm probably you got to so, really uh, go on a diet. You got to mute words on your social media and everything. That's right. That's right. So um, these are the hardships we face.
1: <laughs> it is. It's a tough world we live in, man. Yeah. Um, hey, by the way, a reminder: we'll be giving away rodeo tickets in this segment to Laney Wilson. So be listening to uh, to this segment. And why would you want to go anywhere else? And we've got C.J. Stroud from the combine last year. Try to think of a year. So a year ago this week, actually a year ago this week, you and I were in uh, West Palm Beach at Astro Spring Training. Like that's
2: right. Whenever Dominating. I
1: CJ Stroud, whenever I think of CJ Stroud at the combine, I. Like I have this feeling, like of us sitting at that kitchen table in the Airbnb that we had last year.
2: You brought up one of these quotes that we're going to play here last night, and uh, it did. It took me right back to that kitchen table that we were broadcasting <laughs> yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Nice little pool out about. right outside our doorstep. We had a pool. We did. And then a nice Russian lady who I think tried to seduce me. She's about seventy-three years old, uh, so she had she had skills. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you yeah. that. Was she a good job what she was by doing you, in a seduction.
1: Good game. job by you, not giving in. <laughs>
2: I totally could have had an affair with her. A hot, charged, one week, hey, I'm just here for spring training affair. Yeah, She would have been my Fort Lauderdale hoe. West Palm Beach by the pool. (laughs) With your coworkers
1: sitting inside.
2: They rented the little... The, the pool house that had been converted into that's an apartment right. right next to it. And I would be out there in the pool in the afternoon having a beer or several, and she would come out and just hang out with me. Oh,
1: that's beautiful. That is beautiful.
2: She'd be like, well, I'm just going to step back inside for a minute, and then mm. she'd leave the door open <laughs> and then peek out right, and then go back in. Yeah. A
1: waft of some 70s perfume.
2: It's true. It's all true. <laughs> She opened up to me. She told me about when she came over from Russia. I mean, Soviet Union. Yeah. They had some kind of an exemption, I think, because she was Jewish. Uh, so she was able to come before the fall of the Iron Curtain. Let's get on to CJ Stroud. Okay, let's
1: get to CJ Stroud. <laughs> Getting too aroused. Save this for <laughs> Save this for <laughs> hey, We're about to play CJ Stroud. That ain't going anywhere. All right. Yeah. Uh, here is CJ Stroud. This is just a quick one. This is one of the first questions he was asked. I think this was the first question. Have you met with the Houston Texans yet?
3: Yes, sir, I have. Um, it, w- it went really well. I got to meet uh, everybody uh, on their front office and uh, had a great conversation. Asked me some questions, and uh, did, I feel like I'd, I did really good in the interview process with them. And uh, looking forward to uh, going going deeper and deeper, uh,
2: building relationship with them.
1: And uh, looking forward to winning the offensive rookie of the year for the Houston Texans. And it, next at season. that
2: point, you think about where C.J. Stroud was at that point. It's late February. You got over a month couple months, a month and a half until the draft or so, mm-hmm. and uh, and he just really wouldn't know or have a clue uh, right up until the night of the draft yeah. exactly what was going to happen. Close to uh, it, man.
1: So that's how that, that was... That was his summary of the first meeting with what would be his future employer, right there.
2: I mean, there were still questions at that point as to whether he would even go number number two overall. That's right. Well, the S two. You know, I don't think we yeah. knew about the S two at that point, right? No, we didn't. Yeah. I mean, there there was a lot of speculation at that point. Okay, we don't know where this is going to shake out. Hey, Anthony Richardson might end up going. Yes. I I believe around the combine, Anthony Richardson started to ascend. So there was a, there, there was a lot more uncertainty at this point. It hadn't really uh, narrowed down to just C J. Stroud and Bryce Young as the top two.
1: Hey, C.J. Stroud, describe your style of play. This is where we got the phrase, BPS, ball placement specialist.
3: I try to describe my style as, uh, one, free-flowing, uh, but still disciplined, uh, still still able to, to take the completion when it's there, but at the same time making plays. Uh, I, I like to be um, just confident, really, in myself. And, and another thing I like to do is kind of just extend plays, and uh, but take the routine plays they the routine. Uh, so I don't try to uh, press envelope and I think that's very important being a quarterback sometimes because you want to let your your teammates know that um, you're not always trying to be Superman but when you need to be make that play and you you can extend that play you get a lot more respect from your teammates so um, those are just things I like to do Um, I think I think I'm uh, I'm a playmaker I think I'm very creative uh, and I think I'm I'm smart when it comes to protections and things like that because I solve a lot of issues before they're even there uh, and that's something I pride myself on and and one thing about me, I uh, I think uh, I'm a ball placement specialist. That's one thing I like to be very accurate. I don't want my receivers to have to do really anything to catch the ball. And I think I've shown that time and time on film. Again. Dude,
1: he lived up to all that. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah, ding, 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 well, ding it, yeah. The
2: the ball placement specialist was brilliant. Yeah. And I don't know if he or Mulligata or somebody else on uh, in his crew came up with that. It, yeah. But when when you come up with a nickname for yourself or a moniker like if it's something that nobody has ever really thought about before or phrased it that way it can stick and immediately i heard that and i'm like i don't know if it's true or not but if it's a little bit true it's going to become really true in the minds of people so the ball placement specialist thing it, you know and his ball placement was really really good has but it gave people mean... something to to kind of latch on to and and again NFL personnel people are going to swear up and down that it's a process and everything. You, you can plant little seeds in their unconscious and, and get them to kind of hover around that and just keep coming back to, oh, yeah, the ball placement. in CJ Stroud, boy, the ball placement. You just can't get around that ball placement. It's really good. It's- the other thing that he said there that I really liked at the time, but also, I mean, it's played out is him saying solving problems before they – before they come up. How did he phrase it? Solving problems before they're there. Yeah. He he basically talked about the same thing when he was sticking up for Brock Purdy. Because he said, hey, people will say, well, a lot of these passes are just routine throws. And he said, there's nothing routine. This is just a month ago. There's nothing ro- routine about some of these throws. Like, you're involved as the quarterback in getting that throw there in setting the protection and adjusting the routes into manipulating the coverage with your eyes. And then it looks like an easy throw, but you set up everything that led to that easy throw. Yep.
1: Uh, here's CJ Stroud last year, a year ago at the combine where CJ Stroud rewind here. He thought he had been the best player in college football the last two years.
3: Everybody kind of highlights that game. But for me, I think you can put on my film. I think I've been the best player in college football two years in a row. And I think I've consistently done that. Uh, and I think, um, that I, that honestly, I think I haven't even touched my, touched my potential yet. I think that I have a lot more to, to get better at, but I have a lot more to not only prove not only to y'all but to myself, and that's something that I p- plan to do because I honestly don't think that I even got close to anything in college yet. So I'm excited to see what I do in the NFL. All right, and
1: the question was, you could tell from the beginning, you didn't know. The question was about the Georgia game, which was his, yeah. ironically, in a loss, probably the game that did the most for his draft stock of any of the games.
2: You know, it's funny when. When I was trying to get a read on him last year, I thought some of the sometimes when he was saying the more confident or cocky stuff, I felt like it was him trying to project that image and it didn't seem like that was naturally him. I'm not saying that he didn't seem confident. I mean just I don't think I didn't think he was necessarily somebody that he wasn't going to be like a Conor McGregor or Muhammad Ali, you know, that where it just came naturally to him. Now that he's gotten comfortable and maybe slowed down a little bit, Yeah, I think he is that guy. (laughs) Like, he is, he, he is very confident. And I, I thought he was confident at the time. But even in talking about himself, I think he's very comfortable saying bold things, but not trying to call a lot of attention to it. He's, he's not a Conor McGregor. Um, but he's very capable of saying those confident things and, you know, without, you know, qualifying them or anything like that. Or being obnoxious. I mean, he's just, uh, uh, you
1: know, like he's just, he's, he's cool about it.
2: Ah, crap. What okay, this is a, I just I couldn't find a piece of, of of paper to write on. So as he was talking, I wrote down Muhammad Ali and Conor McGregor on this official form that I have to send back to somebody. <laughs> They'll figure it out. <laughs>
1: You didn't put it in the signature space, did you? Like, no, you, you didn't sign <laughs> no, it. But it's as in Conor a spot McGregor. where they're going to see it. And oh, wonder. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a speeding ticket back. Like, why is this guy writing Conor McGregor on his speeding ticket?
2: I tried to apply for a credit card. Was using <laughs> Conor McGregor's. Conor <laughs>
1: McGregor. There's going to yeah. be a story about somebody doing identity fraud on Conor McGregor this week. All right, last one. If there was a cut that got Texan fans, maybe feeling the other kind of way about C.J. Stroud. It was probably this one just based on the dropping of one name. Here's C.J. Stroud on who he admired as players as he was growing up.
3: Growing up for me uh, one of the, even one of the reasons I wore number seven was because Michael Vick. Uh, so um, he inspired me not only just to uh, be athletic and use my athleticism but uh, as a black quarterback to stay in the pocket and throw the ball and that's something that he was very underrated in. Uh, so and then I like I looked up to Deshaun Washington a lot as somebody I feel like I have a similar Ooh. playing style too and then Joe Burrow uh, being able to crate uh, not being the fastest guy ever be able to kind of extend plays uh throw guys off of you just be tough and that's something that uh that i feel like i'll do in this game
2: you know the, the ironic thing about like obviously the deshaun watson one is the one that uh, that's the one that caught the everybody's one. uh the, the mind here i mean, there's a Mulligata a connection there to where you know he'd had some he's gotten advice from De- deshaun and i think I, at that point i think he'd worked out with him a little bit um i i i think there was remember Right around then, and even early when c j was here, it almost felt like all right c j needs to learn to maybe stop talking about thirty seconds earlier than when he does <laughs> yeah, and, uh, which is a better problem like I'd much rather as a fan of a team or as a media member. I'd much rather have a guy that talks too much, but I think in uh, sometimes learn when to dial it back and pull back a little bit. I thought that's something that he's he's just gotten more polished, yeah, at, no, at a it, lot of things along the way,
1: just in rewatching that press conference, I'm like he's different now, like you can tell he's. He's had a year of doing this under his belt of getting up. And he yeah. got up in front of people at Ohio State, but it's different in the NFL.
2: You know, the thing about the Mike Vick advice that I, in some ways it was kind of a disservice to him was that Mike Vick was giving him good advice for the year 2005, I think, which was, yeah, there was, there was a Just heavy bias against yeah. dual-threat quarterbacks. And I think now it's gotten to the point where they – Teams really want to see a certain level of improvisational ability and escapability and all that. And CJ might have gone a little, like, he might have corrected too far in the direction of being a good pocket. Yeah. It's, uh, which, yeah, it's a whole lot of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Sure. If it hadn't been for that Georgia game, I mean, it hadn't been for that Georgia game, there were teams that were going to have. Serious doubts as to just could he run? you know, how much he could maneuver and yeah. improvise and all that stuff. I maybe he would have still gone second overall anyway, but who knows?
1: Who knows? Who knows? All right, up next, um, we got the latest Tyreek Hill story. I, I'm going to do the tickets, Ben. I just want to tease first. Uh, the, yeah, uh, Ben. Yeah, back off. <laughs> um, the uh, the but this Tyreek Hill story. How many things? How many things are in this Tyreek Hill story? The latest one that he's getting hit with a lawsuit on. That are unbelievable. We will have that for you coming up next.
0: Live from the Twin Peak Studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right,
1: we got we got wide receiver drama, but not on the field wide receiver drama. Tyreek Hill, Miami Dolphins wide receiver, who I've said for the last several years, is to me the most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL. He he is the biggest game changer. Uh, outside of the quarterback position in the league, I, I think he's a, he's an incredible football player. He's also, I, I think, a pretty sketchy human being. And um, <laughs> and if we're gonna go through his,
2: just, this is so dumb. His man. resume. <laughs> this story is stupid and it's hilarious. This is so dumb. Yeah. Oh. Um.
1: So Tyree Kill. Who, if we're keeping track at home, we know he had his issues at Oklahoma State, which led to him getting drafted in day three. We don't need to repurpose those. Um. And we know there were issues that he got investigated in 2019 over. Potential child abuse. No charges filed. More recently, he reached a settlement with a Marina employee last year over allegations that he hit the employee during a dispute. They settled that. We know he's got multiple paternity lawsuits coming at him right now. One of which he settled yesterday. I did see that. So congratulations to Tyreek Hill for settling one of his paternity lawsuits. This story is is the most bizarre of them so far. Um, The others are just conventional sketchiness. This one is just weird. Um, Tyreek Hill, a model and social media influencer by the name of Sophie Hall, is suing Tyreek Hill, alleging he broke her leg during a football lesson at his home last June. Her name is Sophie Hall. She's got 2 million Instagram followers and alleges in the lawsuit that Hill quote forcefully and purposefully shoved Hall after 2 million. She, after she Yeah, she's yeah, she's legit on IG, man. Um, after she humiliated and enraged him by knocking him backwards during a football blocking drill at his home, she filed the lawsuit earlier this week alleging battery, assault, intentional infliction of emotional distress and negligence and seeking damages in excess of $50,000. Um she suffered a leg fracture. She had to undergo surgery with orthopedic reconstruction and hardware implantation, according to the lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. What
2: um, the you know what the story that I read about this, Sean hadn't explained. It, it made I errantly said that it happened at like a football camp event or something. <laughs> Where, oh, okay. Is that is that actually more accurate? Well, it,
1: the there's a camp involved here.
2: Okay. Here's
1: what happened. Tyreek Hill invited Sophie Hall to his house in Broward County. After Hall enrolled her 10-year-old son in the Tyreek Hill football camp. Okay. So she enrolled her son in the camp. Okay. After her son attended the camp, Hill paid for Hall's travel arrangements to spend several days at his house, according to the lawsuit.
2: Oh. Okay? Yeah.
1: So so Tyreek, last summer, it would appear, kid comes to the camp, comes with his mom, camps over. Hey, you want to come back to Broward County sometime and hang out at my house? On her first – that's what I'm reading into this. On her first day visiting, Hall was training on his turf field when he invited – or, I'm sorry, Hill was training on his turf field. God, their names are almost exactly – Tyreek was training on his turf field. He invited Sophie to participate in some offensive line drills with him, according to the lawsuit.
2: And just to be clear, so everybody knows, this Sophie Hall, she's not like a big brawny type. It's not like – it doesn't look like she – You know, you know – played rugby in college right right she's an instagram model yeah she's very attractive lady that uh yeah okay so
1: i don't know so he asked her to line up and do some offensive line drills with him in the backyard tyreek asked sophie quote to stand in a defensive line stance while he stood opposite in an offensive line stance hiked the ball to the quarterback and told her to rush him as if she wanted to chase the quarterback this feels like some like weird fetish thing. I don't know, but and,
2: continuing. continuing feels like it's like a Michael Jackson's mansion. Yeah, or like it is this feels Wonderland very Wonderland Ranch. What the hell is going strange. on
1: here? Upon rushing Tyreek Hill, Sophie Hall, who lists herself as six foot one on her Instagram page, so she is tall. Oh, she is, she is big. She is tall. Okay, least. yeah.
2: Um, she pushed. Got an advantage over Tyreek then.
1: She pushed Hill backward, which drew laughs from onlookers, including Tyreek Hill's mom sister, friend, and trainer, according to the lawsuit, which alleges Tyreek Hill became, quote, embarrassed and angry. So she basically pushed Tyreek Hill to the ground in front of a bunch of people that are close to Tyreek Hill, and it embarrassed him greatly. So Hill, Tyreek Hill calls for the two to set up another play, this time with Sophie Hall on the offensive side and Tyreek Hill rushing the passer. This is the weirdest freaking story, and I'm about to read a sentence that is a real thing. Yeah. However, a small puppy disrupted the play. I have no idea why that's in there. But
2: well, they s- run around, you know. They just Well, no, because it, this is why it's in. It. You trip over puppies or you try not to hit them.
1: Okay. On the third play, Hall held her <laughs> Held her own, according to the lawsuit. But
2: on the fourth okay, yeah, you're right. The puppy was <laughs> puppy was not irrelevant. involved in this. Right. Yeah, yeah. A, I thought the puppy had, puppy okay, wasn't involved. Okay. That's
1: why I'm saying it's the most random fact to <laughs> yeah, stick in here. Yeah.
2: You know, like it's like yeah.
1: they lined up on this side and that side. Tyreek ate a burrito. So, this sounds was a, a lot more play. like
2: a script than uh than it sounds than like than events. Yeah. On the
1: fourth play, Hill charged into her violently with hmm. great force, resulting in significant. Basically, broke her leg. Tyreek Hill got so mad according to the lawsuit that sophie yeah, hill lawsuit, pushed him right. to the ground yeah. that he wanted to line up on defense and then his solution was four plays in to violently rush her resulting a, in a breaking in a broken leg
2: look you know in a lawsuit you can allege anything you want it's yeah. not like this hasn't been vetted or fact checked or anything like that so it's one person's version of of the story there are witnesses it looks like right right there's witnesses it sounds like most of the witnesses though would be kind of uh, in Tyreek Hill's Maybe bag, I be? don't
1: know you. I mean, we've pointed out That's not true. all family yeah, members are, get along.
2: <laughs> like, a lot of them aren't like happy with their current paternity he, settlement or yes, what have you. Yes, he probably you. owes yeah. four of them money. You know? Yeah. So, oh, Sophia Hall's actually pretty thick. Like, so, like she's a uh, she's okay. I, I could see where maybe like Tyreek Hill didn't quite account for maybe um, just like, that he wasn't going to be able to manhandle her. Okay. Huh. Okay. So this is a tough one. I boy, if there's not yeah, video, but, it's hard because you are doing a football drill. You I mean, are. stuff does happen, like, where maybe like it wasn't actually that rough, but it felt like it to her, and just people get people fall down and everything. What if it was a I dirty have play? Clue. What
1: if what if he rushed at her legs? Like what if if it were on an actual? Well, yeah, football then it would field. obviously
2: be on. Yeah, be on. It would be on him. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to give him the the total benefit of the doubt because yeah. he's had multiple priors on various and various manners and ways. Dude, yeah,
1: I read this story, and as soon as the small puppy ran onto the field, I'm like, this is the most Tyreek Hill thing ever. That was
2: like, you You feel like you would have known for sure that this was it. If all you saw was the headline without the name, Dude. you would have thought, oh, it's Tyreek Hill. Yeah,
1: if there was a game show where they, they put stuff like this up on a board and listed all these facts, yeah. invited invited an Instagram influencer to do football drills in his backyard in Broward County and puppies are running across the field yeah. and he's getting mad, he got pushed to the ground, I'd have guessed Tyreek Hill.
2: Let's, let's play a game real quick. Okay. Let's see if you can name... Name the athlete based on the headline. Okay. I'll omit okay. the name of the athlete. Okay. okay, we'll start off easy. Okay, athlete shoots himself accidentally.
1: Okay, can it be that that's that's got to be Plexico Burris? Right? Yeah, Plexico Burris. Okay, that's yeah. the only one
2: that I knew of. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, I went back and I found this earlier this morning. I like this. The, story. <laughs> the I'd forgotten. i forgotten that Antonio Pierce was the was the guy that was with him and had to take him to the hospital. Oh, and everything. I didn't. I
1: forgot about that too. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Current head coach Antonio Pierce. Hey,
2: what? Antonio Pierce hey. didn't do anything wrong.
1: No, Plexico Burris. Dude. shot himself in Plax- the leg. Plexico's son just committed to Notre Dame.
2: Oh, (laughs) He's a wide receiver. This is the, I forgot about this, Sean. Okay. This is the first paragraph, November 29th, 2008 in the New York times. Okay. Giants receiver Plaxico Burris accidentally shot himself in the right thigh while at a Manhattan nightclub early Saturday hours after he was deemed unfit to play in Sunday's game at Washington because of a hamstring strain (laughs) in the same leg.
1: It's a (laughs) a rough week for that leg, man.
2: (laughs) That poor poor leg. Poor leg. So that's uh, uh you know and then he ended up getting charged with what unregistered weapon and all that. So he did time for that, didn't he? He did. did he, do it to, he, he did, did time. Do time. Yeah. He did do time. Okay, uh, If I can't use this hamstring, no one will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what?
2: He did it in the quadricep. Yeah. The hamstring took it out on the quadricep.
1: Hammy's on the other side, bro. Yeah. All right, oh, give me uh, give me another one. I like this. Game. Okay.
2: Athlete hit with sex suit Woman claims star NFL quarterback passed along herpes in 2003.
1: Oh, herpes. Okay, okay. So it's, that's that predates Ben Roethlisberger because uh, he was drafted. The lawsuit in was later on, but okay. it
2: was uh, it was alleging uh, something that yeah, happened but ben, in 2003. big, big Ben's
1: issue. He he wasn't drafted until 2004. I would have guessed Roethlisberger. So herpes is the relevant thing here, is it? Okay, herpes. I don't know. 2003. Donovan McNabb.
2: <laughs> no, this was where we found out that. That Mike Vick allegedly used the alias, Ron Mexico, Mexico. when he would go to seek treatment for his herpes.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Don. It was
2: Elliot's lawsuit alleges that Vick has used the, the name Ron Mexico. Yeah. Uh for and perhaps other fake names for the purpose of herpes testing and or treatment
1: Ron Mexico I forgot okay. about that i was surprised okay. you didn't get that one that's okay. a good one yeah
2: here's one I, I know you won't get this one okay. uh, athlete accused of jumping on the hood of a Mercedes in Beverly Hills causing damage charged with battery
1: uh Chandler Jones
2: <laughs> uh, no this was Julian Edelman <laughs> really okay yeah Charges were dropped. This was in 2020, relatively. Wow. recently. Wow. Okay. Okay. In Beverly Hills. I feel like he jumped up on a Bentley. Oh no, it was a Mercedes, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Still.
2: Uh, athlete charged with assault after shoving photographer.
1: Uh, that would be Deshaun Watson at training camp when he said, "Why are y'all filming me all the
2: time?" You know this one because the Texans were about to to play this opponent. <sighs> okay. Give me give, give me a hint. Give me a hint. It was uh, It was the Raiders uh it was uh it was Devonte adams oh
1: okay okay yeah it was yeah.
2: Devonte adams because i remember like i was worried for our players that okay. uh or i was worried for our staff yeah. i was worried for the the chronicle uh photographer yeah uh brett coomer, brett coomer brett coomer sorry brett coomer i almost forgot your name yeah uh okay two more Ooh. okay athlete Accused of slapping the buttocks of a police officer in locker room following a game. Oh,
1: Randy Moss.
2: Nope. I'll give you one more hit. Okay. Athlete was accused of slapping the buttocks of a police officer in the LSU locker room after the LSU championship victory.
1: Oh, uh, was it Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. It,
2: it was Odell Beckham Jr. Oh,
1: OBJ did it. Okay. Remember the and
2: remember the other thing that happened in there was guys were smoking cigars. Yeah. And the the no, cops had to tell them, like, "Hey, guys, sorry, you can't have." That's cigars. why I yeah. guess Joe
1: Burrow because my first visual of any LSU locker room
2: celebration
1: is yeah. Joe Burrow smoking those stogies. Okay,
2: okay. final one. This okay. is a tough one, and it's one that I, I honestly, it's, it's I kind of casually knew about this, but I wish I had known more about it. Yeah. It's fascinating. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Jack. Heisman Trophy winner arrested for printing $5 million in counterfeit bills. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, man. It's got to be some old
2: timer, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Like 70s, 80s. Like There's
2: LSU legend Billy Cannon. Billy Cannon. Yeah. If you yeah. just had
1: LSU, the only two from L. Well, three now with Jaden Daniels, right? Jaden Daniels, Joe Burrow. Billy Cannon. Billy Cannon, huh? Billy Cannon had a great rib joint in Baton Rouge for a number he of years. Was,
2: no, he was fascinating. Okay, so Billy Cannon had a, like, a rough go of it and an awesome go of it all at the same time. Yeah. This is, you would never expect to see so many of these things in the same bio. So, one, he was the Heisman Trophy winner. Later on in life, he would be part of a, a counterfeit ring that had printed $5 million in counterfeit bills. He ended up doing a hard time for this. That's a life. But this was, Sean, this was after, as a player – uh, in, in, in the NFL, he had gone to dental school in the off seasons and become a dentist.
1: Holy smokes! So he was a
2: dentist, a Dude. dentist and an orthodontist, and then still kind of had some bad real estate investments. Got caught up in this counterfeiting scheme, but then also did later on have some successful businesses. Yeah, and just he his crime his life of crime was it first started. In 1955, when he was 17 or 18 years old, mm-hmm. he received a 90-day suspended sentence for theft after he and some friends were caught extorting money from men whom they'd seen with prostitutes. He was shaking Dude, dudes down he, because he'd seen him with prostitutes. He was like, "Hey, I'm going to tell your wife unless you unless you pay up." He's he's one of those people, and there's a, and, and and if he had some
1: successful businesses, there's actual yeah. proof that this is the case. There are people like that where you look at him and you go, "Man." You are so cagey and so entrepreneurial and and so hungry that if you could just channel it to the right stuff.
2: If you could just you, do it in legal stuff, you'd, you'd be, be just fine. Who was the yeah. football
1: player who had his own drug ring? Sam Hurd. Remember Sam yeah. Hurd? Yeah. He That dude, he was like a backup receiver for the Cowboys and then for the Bears, and he got pinched, I think, when he was with the Bears because I think they caught him at Gibson Steakhouse. And it turned out, while he was a player, while he was a yeah. player, he yeah. had, like, a nationwide network underground drug ring. It was crazy. Well, that's,
2: a, that's the thing with most, like, drug kingpins is it's they're they're pretty amazing organizations when yes. you consider how inefficiently they have to communicate, you know, and yet still things get done and everything. That, yeah, those guys especially. If you had just channeled it, to you just stuff. started off in the right thing in life somehow. Okay, yeah. people
1: are sending in. What do we call in this game? Guess that perp, I guess. Guess the perp. (laughs) Guess the perp. Perp Um, guess. Athlete takes a dump in girlfriend's laundry basket. That's Najee Davenport. I know uh, that one. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, Najee Davenport. That he. Yeah, it was in a, it was in his girlfriend's closet. Yeah, I
2: never paid attention in history class. Yeah, I don't know these things. History class. Backup running back for <laughs> the Packers. And she and she called the cops over that. I guess. Was yeah. it his current girlfriend or his ex girlfriend? I don't know. I don't know. I just he might have just been drunk. I remember him taking. I the peed dunk. in my own hamper so many times. <laughs> <This> <laughs> <I'm, is laughs> accidentally f- when drunk. This is a fun game. All right, we got to put Ben put
1: this on the big book of games. <laughs> all right? For the show. <laughs> a lot a lot of right. books in here. Yeah, you got a lot of books. Yeah, I know, it's a damn library in there, but it's all going to come to fruition someday. We promise.